You are my failure, my only failure. I make people happy when I go away. You'll never know how much people hate me. So please don't take my failures away. Um, that was my beautiful rendition of You Are My Sunshine. Um, hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of You Have Failed with me, Sam Vader. And, uh, yeah, I'm very, just really, need to get this out there first. So, you know, normally I'm sleep deprived because I'm doing this at, like, one or two o'clock in the morning. Well, I'm not. I'm doing this at quarter to four in the afternoon. Because I'm very tired. And yesterday, uh from day of release would have been May the 4th so I in all my infinite wisdom decided nine films one day I can do that just over 20 hours so I didn't sleep um so I went for it was a <laughs> period of 40 plus hours where I hadn't slept I obviously sleeps between then and now but uh not enough to make up for the sleep deficit I did however enjoy enjoyed the Star Wars marathon except for uh Except for uh, um, Last Jedi, especially. Um, that will get its own episode of this soon. Don't don't you worry about that. But that's not what we're uh, what we're talking about today. Uh, I'm that sleep deprived that uh, I didn't really have a plan for this at all. Don't really know what I'm talking about. But you know what they say: <laughs> you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. And frankly, I'm all about failing. Um, so we'll see where this goes. I think I know what I'm going to talk about. We'll get to that in a minute. First, we'll start with some shameless plugs. Obviously, you're listening to the podcast. That's great. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening week in, week out. And I really hope you are enjoying it. So if you are enjoying it, please do join the Discord server. Uh, become a failure today. That's all on King's Eyes' website. Uh, I suppose it's a plug for his website as well. Follow my Twitter, at VaderSayan. Follow the show's Twitter, at you have failed, so you can get any updates on, on that stuff. Uh, and also follow my YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel, where it's me normally sucking at video games, giving a fun story of how badly I suck, occasionally make AMVs, occasionally do other things, I'm planning to do a Mario Kart themed video soon. Uh, that's, that's probably a spoiler, but does it matter? No! Anyway, that's those shameless plugs out of the way. Um, anything else I need to get out of the way? No? Good. Hope everyone's doing okay still in quarantine. Uh, the curve here in the UK seems to be dipping. But with the lockdown set to ease up a bit soon, I imagine that's going to spike up a bit. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, haven't really been doing much since we last spoke, except for that Star Wars marathon. Been playing a bit of Pokemon. Um, Pokemon Shield this time. I haven't been playing my Pokemon Red version on my Game Boy like normal or Diamond and Pearl. I decided just to go back on Shield and have some fun there. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. I do know what we're going to talk about. And it is technically May the 4th themed, because in between my Star Wars marathon, I made sure to take the time out to watch something that's not a Star Wars film. I took time out to watch the final episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Yes, that is true. After seven, seven brilliant seasons of television, starting all the way back in 2008, The Clone Wars has finally, finally come to an end. And what an amazing end it really was to the show. So I will say this now, considering the episode did only come out yesterday. Massive spoilers ahead if you are listening to this. So if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want spoilers, I would recommend pausing this, going and watching the amazing uh, episode of The Clone Wars uh, that you can find on Disney+. Plus. 
or if you're uh, otherwise inclined, probably somewhere on the internet. And uh, not that I'm condoning that, but I can't tell you what to do. Go and watch the final episode. And the whole final season, minus the filler arc in the middle, has been amazing. And frankly, the entire show has been amazing. I salute Dave Filoni and the rest of the group involved in Star Wars The Clone Wars for pulling off what is essentially the most consistent, or maybe not the most consistent, the most consistent piece of Star Wars media in recent memory. The only other one I'd argue was consistently good, other than that, was potentially the original trilogy. Other than that, the prequels had their ups and down moments. The sequels had their down moments. Uh, but the Clone Wars, even on its bad days, never really got it wrong. Even on the Jar Jar Binks episodes, I could actually sit there and watch it. And I think that's mainly down to the brilliance of the storytellers. And, and just the whole aura, the energy the Clone Wars gave off in general. It was a brilliantly written show. And I'm not going to, I think, talk about the whole thing too much. Because that is... I know I did it with Arrow, but that was in the first week. And, you know, I've evolved since then. I've got better at this. I hope. Um, I don't know. But I want to focus on that last, those last few episodes because, oh, they are such, oh, they're so glorious. And releasing it on May the 4th, can I just point out, is the, the cherry on the cake, right? Mandalorian was amazing. Clone Wars is next level. Clone Wars can't be touched in terms of Star Wars TV, as far as I'm concerned. The only show that has a chance of doing that, the only two shows, are a Kenobi series, because we all have Obi-Wan Kenobi, he's the sexiest Jedi of all time, you give him the high ground, he's unbeatable, and a Darth Vader series, because, I mean, <laughs> there's no one better than Darth Vader. Yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi beat him originally, but that was when he was still a bit whiny. Once he gets suited and booted, Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader, and is the uh, most awesome person in the world. And uh, speaking of Obi-Wan versus Anakin, that's all happening when Clone Wars is kicking off, isn't it? So we'll start by, I suppose, sorry, I just hit my desk. You could probably hear that. I don't really know how to start. Just everything is amazing. The characterizations between Maul, Ahsoka, Rex, Anakin and Obi-Wan while they're in it briefly, you're brilliant. And just everything is, is perfect. I can't, I've got a mix between having a nerdgasm over this right now and being so sleep deprived, I can't think straight, but it's fine. Because, oh, if you've watched it, and as I say, I hope you have by this point, if you're interested in it, because I will go into spoilers in a second, you understand why I feel this way. The last episode in particular, the episodes leading up to that, you get a sense of awesomeness. Oh my God, this is so cool. Tension. And the second to last one really does bring you in a way to tears. Um... But then, then you get the last episode. And it doesn't bring you to tears because you've got so many emotions going on. You've got, holy shit, did that just happen? You've got, oh my God, this amazing thing is over. But you've got, what a way to end it. And you're sort of left in a state of awe as you don't really know what to say as it ends. Because, obviously, as we know, Order 66 kicks off by this point. And that's when shit really, really hits the van, really. And uh, the last episode is Rex and Ahsoka. They're, they're trying to fight their way to freedom because by this point, I'll cover the whole Rex bit in a minute and, and how he factors in. But 
Ahsoka and Rex have to fight their ways off. Rex fight, trying to fight his brothers and Ahsoka trying to fight off these people she has so much respect for. The, obviously, the clone troopers that have turned on them. And you've also got Maul running around in the background and, and the tension in the scene where Ahsoka and Rex are trying to escape from, via a ship in the hangar, but all the clone troopers just show up. And, and Rex, who's obviously a clone himself, but he just had his inhibitor chip removed, goes something along the lines of, no, it's, you know, they don't care that you don't want to kill them. They want to kill you. And Ahsoka just takes off his helmet and you can see Rex's tears in his eyes as he's sort of coming to grips with the fact that he might have to kill his brothers here. And Ahsoka goes, look, those men might be ready to die, but I'm not going to be the one that kills them. And it's her steadfast determination that many Jedi didn't have. You see that in other mediums and even in the film, The Ranger of the Sith, when Obi-Wan and Yoda fight, well, Yoda decapitates Green and another of the 41st Scout Battalion on Kashyyyk. And as soon as him and Obi-Wan get back to the Jedi Temple, they're cutting through the 501st like no man's business. They don't give no shits. Ahsoka, on the other hand, refuses to kill a single one of the clones. Yes, they do all inevitably end up dying, but she doesn't kill any of them. She refuses to kill these people she considers to be her friends. And that is something that I find very indicative of her character. And Rex, on the other hand, is a perfect soldier. He knows what he needs to do to survive. But he's not entirely willing to do that. He he doesn't want to kill his brothers. These these are the people he's fought side by side. They are his brothers, the fellow clones. He doesn't want to kill them. But he, being a soldier, sees no other way out, whereas Ahsoka refuses to allow that. And this is where I'm going to get very much into spoiler territory now, where... So the two escape, right? Maul, Maul fucks them over and steals the ship and gets away. And they're all hurtling toward this planet. He's broken the, Maul's broken the hyperdrive on the ship. The ship is crashing into a planet, right? And all that... And Ahsoka and Rex managed to get out on a Y-Wing and all the other clones, they die in the crash. But you cut to a scene where you see Rex just walking away with some scraps and scavengers back to the ship. But Ahsoka standing over pikes with the helmets of all of the clones on them, as if she's buried all the ones she could find, because they were still her friends. Yes, Order 66 warped their minds with the control chips in their heads, but at the end of the day, they were still her friends and allies, and she's still not willing to kill them. And that, I do think, is a very important and indicative part of Ahsoka's character. It's her respect for these men, even after they tried to kill her, that she still buries her, that really shows who she is as a person and who she was as a Jedi. And that's not even the final scene, because you then get a flash forward. We don't know by how many years. But the fact that it's a Lambda-class shuttle that's landing, an Imperial shuttle, and then we see Stormtroopers and Snowtroopers, showing that time has passed and that the Empire is obviously fully fledged by this point. Because yes, the original Clone Troopers did wear their clone armour for a period as they became the first Stormtroopers. But the, So the fact that they're now wearing fully-fledged Stormtrooper armour, really shows how much time has passed here. And then out of the Lambda-class shuttle steps no other than Darth Vader himself, the Dark Lord of the Sith. And you find out the planet you're on is now a frozen over planet where the Venator-class Star Destroyer that Ahsoka Rex and the detachment of the 501st were when it, when it crashed. Vader walks over, sees something in the snow, and it's Ahsoka's lightsaber, his old apprentice, the person who he held in very high regard and loved very much. And you can't see his face, but you can feel the emotion that he's feeling in that scene. He doesn't quite know what he's thinking. And 
that's the impressive thing there. You look at Vader and you can almost feel the morning as he now thinks that Ahsoka and Rex are both dead. Two people who were family to him. He now thinks they're gone. And that's that's tragic as he ignites her lightsaber. And then the final shot as he walks off and you see in the visor of one of the 501st Ahsoka helmets that he, you just see the silhouette of Vader as, as he walks off and as the visor freezes over, symbolising what is really the end of the Clone Wars once and for all. And it's that, pardon the pun, chillingness that brings the Clone Wars silently to an end. No loud fanfare like most shows get with a heroic ending. Because that's the thing with the Clone Wars. We all knew it was never going to have a heroic fanfare. We did it. We saved the day ending. Because it had to end the way Revenge of the Sith ended. The Jedi Order falls. The clones become the Stormtroopers. The Republic becomes the Empire. Anakin Skywalker, the Chosen One, one of the heroes of the galaxy, becomes Darth Vader. Dark Lord of the Sith... Killer of many. Mainly children. He has a thing for killing children. I'm not, you know, not saying it's bad, but he has killed more than his fair share of children in time. Um, blowing up a planet, yeah. But he gets up close and personal with the children. He really likes to... To, yeah. I'm not sure. Sure if that's a kink for him or not. I'm not. Choking is definitely... Yeah, I don't really... Let's, let's walk away from Darth Vader and his love of killing children and back to what is the brilliance of the Clone Wars. The standout fight of the final series of the Clone Wars is without a doubt in the last four episodes as well and that is Ahsoka versus Maul. My god was that fight beautiful. Like oh my god you can tell they used motion capture for that fight. They got the original actor for uh, Maul from the Phantom Menace back who did obviously all the stunts then because he's a stuntman. And they got a, a stunt woman to do the motion capture for Ahsoka. And you can tell because that is the cleanest and most crisp fight we have ever seen in the Clone Wars. The movements look so real and just they're bouncing. They're elegant as the two uh, combatants of light and dark face off in what is essentially an ultimate form of showdown. And it's just beautiful the way they do it. The choreography, the talks in between where... Maul's like, oh, you have Kenobi's arrogance. And Ahsoka's like, you'll find I've got many traits for you to dislike. Like, oh, that shit is good. And, oh, the fight is just, oh, I'd say it's up there in my top three, top five, top four. Definitely in the top four lightsaber fights of all time for me in Star Wars. Uh, my number one being Luke versus Vader for Empire Strikes Back. Controversial, because it's not the most entertaining to watch on its own. But I think the emotional weight behind that, obviously, with the big reveal, knowing that Vader is essentially testing his son that entire fight, holding back, testing Luke, poking and prodding him, trying to get him to join the dark side. Uh, and then the others in that top four would be the original Duel of the Fates, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon and Maul. Obviously, in the list as well is Obi-Wan versus Anakin or Obi-Wan versus Vader, because uh, he was, I suppose, technically Darth Vader by that point, but on Mustafar. That uh, Battle of Heroes, I just hit my desk again, sorry. And yeah, but Ahsoka and Maul is definitely up in that mix somewhere. Uh, I'm not sure where. That wasn't the official ranking. Lan yes, the ranking. There are very lanky fights. No, no, the official ranking, uh, but Vader versus Luke, Empire Strikes Back is my number one. That one was where it should be. 
But Maul actually was a standout character of this particular arc. Maul's always been an interesting character. From Phantom Menace, he was just cool, but didn't really speak much, didn't really have much of a personality other than, I'm going to kill all of the Jedi. <laughs> he might as well have been twirling his moustache, but his double-bladed lightsaber was hit my desk again. Sick, bruv! Honestly, no. Oh, seeing that double-bladed lightsaber is so cool. But the Clone Wars, I know Rebels did as well, but Clone Wars obviously chronologically comes first. The Clone Wars just really fleshed out his character, man. And these last few episodes, like, it shows how powerful he really was. The fact that he sensed Anakin's turn. He had a vision of Anakin turning to the dark side, essentially becoming Vader. And the whole reason he staged this thing on Mandalore so the Republic would come was he was hoping Kenobi would come and he would bring Anakin with him so that Anakin wouldn't be on Coruscant for the events of Revenge of the Sith. He was hoping that Anakin wouldn't turn so that this, the Empire didn't rule because Maul knew if the Empire took over his operations were over as well everything he aspired to because then Palpatine would have full control with the Republic Maul could still flourish because there were still underground crime syndicates and corruption but with the Empire with the Empire Maul was stuffed as well and that was very evident and his ability to see that, and the bits where he's almost pleading with Ahsoka, like, join me, I've seen this, Skywalker's gonna turn, we need to stop him. And Ahsoka, so convinced that her master would never do that because she has so much respect and love for Anakin, refuses, obviously she would refuse anyway because she'd never join the dark side. But it's quite sad watching how she refuses to accept Anakin will turn when, obviously, as an audience, we know the irony in that, in the fact that he is gonna turn, he's going to turn quite majorly and become one of the most evil men to ever live. And it's stuff like that that really shows you more how powerful he actually was in the Force. But that's foreshadowing stuff. We get to see actual power. My God, he gets his own Vader hallway scene. After Order 66, Ahsoka refuses to give him his lightsaber back. She's like, I'm not rooting for you. If you die, I don't care. I just need you to cause a distraction. So all the clones are just shooting down a corridor and Maul just walks around it. And he just walks through it. He decapitates two with part of the wall of the ship. He crushes others. He stabs another one in the chest with part of the ship. He cuts one of their arms off with the blast doors. Honestly, it's oh, it's not quite the Vader scene because the Vader scene's better because it's got Vader in it. But my God, that Maul hallway scene was just so... Honestly... I may have had an orgasm. I don't know. It was just beautiful. I think every episode brought that upon me. In some way. But then we get to... From epicness on the scale of a Dark Lord of the Sith. Just charging down hallways and killing clones. Left, right and centre. You get more sentimental moments. Which brings you more onto the characters of Rex and Ahsoka. When Ahsoka comes back, obviously. Rex and Torrent Company have... They've painted their helmets. Rex doesn't because Rex has his iconic one and you wouldn't want to get rid of that. Rex gets promoted to commander, which actually, sidetracking slightly, my favourite episode of line, my probably my favourite line of the last episode was where the other clones are saying, Rex, you're committing treason by helping Ahsoka. Like, we're going to have to demote you. And he just turns and goes, well, I didn't like being commander anyway. I'm like, that's amazing because it shows his character that he never cared about rank. He was all about doing what he thought was the right thing. And there's just a funny line explaining why he's still referred to as Captain Rex when Rebels come around. 
So I really like that because he will always be Captain Rex, but he will also still be the best clone of all time. I don't care if other clones outrank him. Captain Rex is the best. End of discussion. But his moments with Ahsoka are just perfect. Like just any time they sort of have any form of interaction, like the bit when they start the siege of Mandalore, and he's like, "Ah, oh, sorry, Commander, we forgot to bring you a jetpack." She's like. I don't need one. Race you to the bottom. And she just jumps out of the fucking gunship and starts doing parkour by jumping off people who are on jetpacks to other ships. And Rex just sort of laughs going, ha <laughs> Like, you know, and you can tell he, he just laughs and you can tell he's genuinely happy to have one of his best friends back because I think the dynamic between Rex, Anakin and Ahsoka was always one of family. Like Rex saw Ahsoka like a younger sister and Anakin like an older brother. Yes, he had all his brothers in the other clones, but Anakin was was his brother, really. And Ahsoka was his younger sister. And that shows when, when you're watching this now. And then when Ahsoka gets to the bottom on her own, she just kicks some ass. Rex gets there after her and she's like, beat you. And he's like, yeah, some things never change. And they just charge in the same way they always did. And another heartbreaking moment between them was just before Order 66 happens, which is obviously why they do this, to really dug on their heartstrings and tear you apart as a human being. And it works. My God, it works. It fucking made me weep. It was the bit where they're talking about the war and how both of them have reservations where Ahsoka's like, it's weird, you know, as Jedi, we were trained as keepers of the peace, not soldiers. And Rex was like, well, we clones have mixed feelings as well. Because, yeah, the war's bad, but without it, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have been born. And Ahsoka then says, oh, well, I guess one that's one good thing to come out of it. The Republic couldn't have asked for better soldiers, nor I a better friend. And you could tell they wanted to hug each other there, but because of protocol, they had to salute. And it's just that bit where they summarise their friendship with the fact that Ahsoka's willing to go as far to say that, you know, yeah, the war's terrible, but I got a best friend out of it. So at the end of the day, it might not be that bad. That says a lot about a friendship. And that's really then just put to a test when next minute you, you hear Sidious go, Execute Order 66. And Rex is like, Yes, Lord Sidious. And it's like, Holy shit. But Rex does something you don't see in many other clones. He fights it. The interpreter chip should potentially take over and put him into a state where he can't fight it at all. But... But Rex puts up a fight against Order 66. He he almost refuses outright to commit the order. He he won't do it. <clears throat> yes, obviously, eventually the inhibitor chip does completely take over. But there's a time where where Rex is he's visibly shaking as he's trying to fight it off, and he's trying to warn Ahsoka, saying, "Find him, find 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 him, find Fives. Fives being the clone whose inhibitor chip played up before, and Rex is saying that in a way like, "Look." You've got to find out what... No, his inhibitor chip didn't play out, but he discovered the conspiracy before. And Rex is like, look, find find the records on Fives and figure out what's going on. <clears throat> and it's after that that Ahsoka then puts in a plan after finding the records on Fives to save Rex. Gets his inhibitor chip out, and that's when the two of them have to fight their way off the ship, as I mentioned before. But it is character moments like that that really, really make the show. Even there was a slight one where... She's captured Maul and she joins one of the Jedi hollow calls and she speaks to Yoda and she's like, you know, I caught Maul and Yoda's like, oh, a great service to the Republic you have done. And she goes, it's my duty as a citizen. 
and Yoda just sort of upset questions not as a Jedi and she goes no not yet and he looks visibly upset and then another bit later on in the conversation after Mace Windu's been a dick and we'll get to that in a bit you get the conversation where Yoda's like oh a message you have for Skywalker perhaps and she looks as if she's about to say something to him and then just goes no I'll I'll deliver it to him myself when I see him, which, sadly, as we know, never happens. They don't see each other again until Rebels, Twilight of the Apprentice, where they fight as Ahsoka and Vader. And y- Yoda just looks at her and goes, still quite sad. Shit, sorry, hit my desk again. May the Force be with you, Padawan. And that sort of shows that Yoda, Yoda loved Ahsoka, and he wanted her to come back because he knew that she was one of the best Jedi they had. Because she was trained by Anakin, who... Whilst the rule breaker was one of the best Jedi they had, and Yoda did like Anakin as well. Yoda had a liking to Anakin. His reckless behaviour, <clears throat> not so much, but he was friends with Anakin, and that shows during the Clone Wars as well. That's one of the reasons I love the Clone Wars. It shows relationships in more detail. If you had just watched the films, you see the side of Yoda where he's big boss man of the council and doesn't really have much of a liking towards Anakin from what we can see. But you watch the Clone Wars and you realise they were actually quite close, and Yoda considered Anakin to be one of his best friends. And likewise with Anakin and Yoda, they both had an immense respect for each other, despite definitely being on different ideals on how closely you should follow the Jedi Code. But let's get on to, uh, yeah, the message she had for Anakin. We never find out what it was, but we can only assume that she needed to talk to him. And if she just got that chance to talk to him, I can't help but think... The Empire might not have risen if Ahsoka got that chance to talk to Anakin because she knew that he was being forced to spy on the Chancellor and he didn't like it. If she got that chance to speak with him, talk him through it, maybe maybe the events of Revenge of the Sith wouldn't have taken place in the same way. Maybe Anakin wouldn't have fell. Maybe, maybe the galaxy would have been better off. But obviously... They couldn't have that happen. And I think the writers put that on the, in there on purpose to show just maybe how close the galaxy was to being saved. But didn't. And speaking of how close the galaxy was to being saved, but didn't, let's talk about one massive dickhead who I think how who I now blame 100 percent for what happened. No, not Palpatine. No. Not Nicky Skywalker. Mace fucking window is the single reason, I believe, why the Jedi would have fell. Right? So. If you look at it from the film point of view, okay, let's think about this. One little minute, right? Okay. He's the one who didn't get Grant Anakin the rank of master. The others are okay. Mace was like, mm, not so sure. I want to test him, right? Well, that's brilliant. He's passed enough tests by this point. He's just killed Count Dooku, right? He's basically won most of your battles in the Clone Wars. But let's test him now. Nice job, dickhead. Like, your lack of trust in Anakin is what cost you your life. No wonder he didn't help you in the end. He's going to help the person who actually has faith in him, not you. And then back to the hollow conversation with Ahsoka, Yoda and everything, because Mace Windu was there as well, and they were discussing the Chancellor and how they thought he was evil, and Ahsoka was going to tell the Jedi Council about what Maul said about Anakin. But then he was like, sorry, citizen, this is Jedi Council business. And I'm like, you absolute fuck knocker, right? She was about to, if you had trust in her and you actually showed her little respect, maybe, just maybe, right, she would have told you what Maul said about Anakin, you'd have been able to keep close eye on him and nothing would have gone wrong. When you were a dickhead and went, take a seat, young Skywalker. 
right? No, that's not... No, Mace Windu is single-handedly responsible for the fall of the Jedi Order and the Republic and the rise of the Empire, which gives me very mixed feelings. It makes me happy because I like the Empire. But from a standpoint of watching it, you sit there thinking, you fucking idiot, you've just fucked everything up for everyone. Okay? And, oh, it's just... Yeah, sorry, my chair's also making noises, but... Oh, well. And the Clone Wars just... Per- the way they pull off Order 66, it's so... So tragic, and it also really sets up the rivalry we know Ahsoka and Maul end up having in Rebels as well, because they um, can't think too early. I say too early. It's now quarter past four, but that's... I'm tired. Yeah, Order 66 was done perfectly. Obi-Wan and Anakin for the bits they were in of the series were fantastic as always. Anakin... Oh, the bit where he does the whole, oh, I'll surrender, just walking out an entire army and the 501st just coming and wrecks shit. Like, that's, that's perfect. Um, one problem I did have with Ahsoka, and it's not consistent with the rest of her character. When she first met Anakin, she seemed quite cold towards him. Then after that, she was so desperate to speak with him, and I'm not entirely sure why she was written like that. Um, anyone might have suggestions, let me know. But... Yeah, I, I don't really know why why that bit happened, but it did, and we make the moves, we move on. But, yeah, the Clone Wars is... I mean, let's face it, the Clone Wars is perfect. Um, I'll give a shout-out to Saffron. I'm pretty sure it's the one bit of Star Wars media she will happily rewatch over and over again because she fell in love with Ahsoka, and you would, because if you want a strong female Star Wars character, Ahsoka's much better than Rey. You also have Princess Leia as well. But the thing is, as well, I'd, I'd consider Ahsoka far more of a Skywalker than Rey ever was. Because Ahsoka was actually close with the Skywalkers, right? She was literally Anakin's Padawan. And Anakin and her were like thick as thieves. Best friends, unseparable, like I said before. she And she was trained by a Skywalker, so she had the rebellious nature of a Skywalker as well, where, yeah, the rules were great. But the greater good and protection of friends, family, and people in general come above the rules she was a skywalker when ray definitely wasn't and that's that's important here the fact that ahsoka that's the heart of the clone wars it's the characters you know i was never a big fan of right obviously i'm the biggest star fader fanboy in the world but i was never a big fan of anakin from just watching the prequels when you watch the clone wars in tandem with it you see the hero that obi-wan in episode four describes the you know the cunning pilot the cunning warrior the great warrior, the compassionate person. Obi-Wan Kenobi, you can't go wrong with him. Give him a few sassy one-liners and that's all you need. And then Captain Rex, another new inclusion, the captain of the 501st. Such a brilliant character. There's a reason I think he's the best clone, but he's also one of my top 10 favourite Star Wars characters, without a doubt, Captain Rex. He's just so brilliant. You just can't go wrong with him. He's a soldier. Yeah, he follows orders. But he spent enough time with Anakin, and then obviously Ahsoka as well, that he also knows that sometimes following the rules dead on isn't always the best way. Sometimes you've got to do things a bit unorthodox to get shit done. And the trio of them together, Anakin, Ahsoka and Rex, were perfect. And Ahsoka being, I think, the big key hammerstone of what the Clone Wars was makes it even more jarring that the clone helmet you see in that final scene that shows the reflection of Vader before it ices over, was one of the 501st helmets with Ahsoka's facial patterns painted on it. Just one more symbol that the Clone Wars 
was Ahsoka. Ahsoka was that big part of the Clone Wars, the new thing in the Clone Wars that, and the clone helmet with her face on it, freezing over, but as a silhouetted as Vader walks away. That just sums up the ending of that show so well. And honestly, Clone Wars, you were amazing. Please, please, please enjoy your rest. And may a flight of B1 battle droids sing thee till I sleep. Because I can't express enough how amazing the Clone Wars was. You can't put into words those Sezen. Sezen? Sezen? says Sezen? That's not a word. Okay, why don't we try seven? Okay, seven should work. That's how many seasons of Clone Wars there was. Let's do that. Very good. <clears throat> You can't put into words how no you, you genuinely can't put into words how many how those seven seasons are just so fucking fantastic they really are like just you get so engrossed in them because they were this amazing war but the Jedi the, the oh, it's gonna sound really like I'm being obvious now but a key part of why the Clone Wars work so well are the clones. Like, the clone troopers who, in the films, were nothing more than just CGI renders of no personality, suddenly became people. And I think that's the importance of the first episode of The Clone Wars. Obviously, the first few seasons are actually done out of order, so that's a bit confusing. But the bit where the clones are like, look, we've all got the same face, like, we're not we're not special, we're not individual, and Yoda's like, no, you're all different in the Force, you're all different people, just because you look the same doesn't mean you are the same, and the show does that so well, it shows that the clones weren't just faceless troopers who ended up committing the biggest backstab and betrayal in in history, galactic history, maybe in the real world as well, I don't think there's anything been quite as grand as Order 66 in real life, right, but they were people... And, you know, but there were more than people. They they went into episodes where they essentially spoke about how the fact that clones were technically slaves. They didn't have a choice if they fought or not. They were bred and born and created for the single purpose to fight. You know, they were just droids with a heart and a brain. That's That's what they were treated as by a lot of the public. They were just living droids. To, to most people, that's all the clones were. They were just a disposable army. To some Jedi, they, they were like that as well. But to other Jedi, like Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, Anakin, Yoda, they were real people. And they made very close bonds with them. As I say, Rex and Ahsoka and Anakin. Cody and Obi-Wan were quite close before, you know, Cody turned on him. and But never actually killed him. So I suppose Cody's not that bad because Rex has turned on Ahsoka because the control tree didn't give her a choice. Neither of them killed their Jedi. But, you know, the difference is Rex actually got brought back to his senses. Cody never had that chance. But then the thing with Cody, I'll discuss this now in a bit about how Order 66 works, I suppose. It's not entirely the control chip. The control chip puts them in some sort of trance and days and makes them a lot more suggestible where they will do it without question. However... A lot of the clones, like Cody, <coughs> weren't loyal to the Jedi. Yes, they were close to the Jedi, but at the end of the day, their loyalty was to the Republic and the leader of the Republic, which at that time was Palpatine. So if Order 66 had been given, I have a feeling that a lot of clones 
would have committed it anyway, because it wasn't just a kill switch for the Jedi. It was actually a command that said, you know, if for any reason Jedi leadership has been seen as plotting against the Republic, and they've become traitors, you are to execute them with extreme prejudice because they're now traitors to the Republic. And I think clones like Cody, who were very by the book and very loyal to the Republic, would have committed it anyway because they've been told that their Jedi generals were actually plotting against the Republic. And their loyalty is to the Republic, so they're going to follow it. Rex, on the other hand, you can see that he was strong enough to fight it in the first place. But I feel like if the control trip wasn't there, he definitely would have questioned it. He would have been like, well, you know, Ahsoka, for one, isn't a Jedi at this point. And are we sure she's committing treason? I know her well enough to know that she's not. And that's that's the definite... That's very much an interesting avenue that this show sort of shows. And the fact that Rex does fight it, does that show that other clones could have fought it as well if they cared enough and they wanted to question the Order? Probably. But a lot of them didn't think to question it because they were just loyal to the Republic and just doing their job, which you can't fault them for. And yeah, they were bred into a war they didn't understand and they didn't really care about. They didn't have normal lives. And some of them did have massive resentment towards the Jedi. But Rex, Rex showed something different. He showed a completely human side and a willingness to question the order. He And as soon as the clone, uh, control chip is removed, you see his real personality and the horror of what he's done and what he was willing to do. And honestly, there, there isn't much Star Wars media these days that gets shit like that across. Uh, books and comics, yeah, but nothing TV-wise or... Because just as I say, the Mandalorian was great, but there's nothing that focuses, I think, on the main conflicts in Star Wars that show it. Hopefully, the Cassian Andor show more of the dark side of the Rebel Alliance and the nitty gritty of the Galactic Civil War. But the Clone Wars really showed what the Clone Wars were. It showed the tragedy of the Clone War. You know, say Episode Two and Three, you, you just see the start of the Clone War and the end. You don't really get any. You don't care for the characters. You watch Order Sixty Six and Revenge of the Sith, and you don't give a shit. You don't know who those Jedi are. The only ones you care about survive. So, does it matter? No. You watch the Clone Wars, and you suddenly care about Plo Koon and Ayla Secura, and all the rest. You get gunned down, like you know, mercilessly by their clone commanders and captains. And it's it's that that the Clone Wars does so well. The Clone Wars finds a way to humanise the whole conflict and make you care about the conflict and make you care more about the events of Revenge of the Sith. Yes, I suppose in that way, could you argue that the Clone Wars is a way to make you care about Revenge of the Sith? Potentially. Do I care if that's what it was for? No, it worked. Whether it was done as a retcon or not, Rogue One was a retcon for a plot hole in A New Hope. Still a good film. The Clone Wars may have been a retcon for who really gives a shit about Order 66 and everything that happens. It probably wasn't. It was probably just an idea for a show because they thought, oh, we've got this massive three-year period with the biggest war the galaxy has ever seen. Why don't we expand on it? But for whatever reason, I'm genuinely just glad, really glad the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars exists. Right? And I genuinely... If I've said anything bad about it, which I don't think I have, because I'm really struggling to think of something I don't like about the Clone Wars. Okay, Jar Jar Binks was in it for a few episodes, but other than that, who gives a shit? The Clone Wars did so much. So many original characters. Ventress, Savage Press, Ahsoka, Rex. 
and you see so many characters you knew from before but didn't really care about or didn't know much about from the films and if you don't read the comics or anything you didn't know about them so honestly Star Wars The Clone Wars <laughs> there's no way on earth that you have failed right you've I'm gonna miss you I really am uh, I think I'm starting to tear up a bit now thinking about the fact that it's the end because that's how much that show means to me uh, it's just brilliant Star Wars through and through so, so Clone Wars honestly you haven't failed you have brought so many happy memories to me and I know so many of my friends uh, thank you so much for being such a brilliant show and I hope Dave Filoni does something more in the future obviously not Clone Wars but expands on the characters he's created I want more Rex more Ahsoka who I know is apparently coming to Clone Wars uh, Mandalorian season 2 so, Clone Wars, thank you so much for brilliant characters, brilliant stories, brilliant action, and being the best Star Wars media in mo uh, modern times. So, yes, Clone Wars, I'll say it again, because I can't say it enough, you have not failed. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening this week. Once again, a bit of a shameless plug, please do follow me on Twitter, the show on Twitter. Join the Discord server so you can talk with me and other people who like the show and give me ideas we might do some interactive bits where you can interact on the show maybe even be on the show if you get in the discord server and hop in a uh, voice call and also follow me on youtube because i'll be doing some more stuff on there and i do have fun on there and i just hope that everyone is entertained by what i'm putting out there so once again thank you so much for listening and i will see you next week guys